Good. So that was a happy-go-lucky conversation we just had. <laughs> Let's talk some cars. You know, I have been, you know, you, you talk about yourself being a comic buying fool. I have gone over the top. I've just been we need to shit. we need to talk about that because I don't know about you, but I'm sitting here uh, rebagging and boarding comics as we speak, and it kind of sounds like you are too. So maybe we need to talk about that a little bit as we get started. All right. So what do you bring us in? Want me to bring us in? Yeah, you never want to bring us in. Bring us in. I'll bring us in. Give me one second though, because I want to. I'm on my last one right here. I'm, right, I'm going to put these aside because I don't want that sound. What are, what are you doing? Were you bagging? I, Actually, what I'm doing is I'm taking a uh, package of bags and boards and putting them together so that I can, you know, so I don't have to sit there and do it each one individually, putting the boards Uh into the bags and setting them aside and then pulling the books over. But, uh, yeah, I I didn't I haven't posted, you know, one of the mail calls or the, you know, comic store runs, but I've made several mail. I've had several mail calls and, and a couple of comic book store runs. Post them, probably, post them up. I like seeing that stuff. I like I probably, seeing what people I probably added about 60, 60 books to my uh, collection in, in the last month. Well, not even month, three That's weeks, awesome. two weeks. All right. Uh, one second here. I'm just, I want to get this crinkly bag sound out of the way here. Oh, good. That guy gave me a, uh, what do you call it? A business card. Good. All right, cool. All right, I will. Uh, I will bring us in. <clears throat> Actually, where the hell is my drink? Ah, oh, there it is, right there. I need a drink badly. Ah, all right, here we go. And now. It's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. My name is Scott Gardner, and I am joined, as always, by my very good pal Paul Spataro. Hello. What's happening? <laughs> Not too much. Like we haven't been sitting here shooting the shit for like forty minutes now. <laughs> and, and once, <laughs> once again, once again, I, I I say to all the listeners, you're welcome because I'm not going to post <laughs> that conversation. Yeah, no, let's not. That was that was rather a rather a depressing conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, but just just uh, yeah, nothing that anybody wants to hear. <laughs> let's be fair. Yeah. Um, but on a positive note, uh, you and I were just talking about how we have been comic buying lunatics. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I've got, um, I've got some stuff to share. So 
you go first, and uh, and then I'll share what what uh what I've got to talk about here. All right. Well, I you know as, as I've said on several occasions of late, the the collector's bug has really reignited in me. Uh, it was almost like when I cut back on my collection by eliminating most of my post 1990 books, uh, instead of serving to stop me from buying more, it refocused me and it's got me like intent on filling all the gaps in my want list. And, you know, my want list is, uh, Oh, I don't know. It's about, I think there's something in the nature of 1700 books on my want list and a lot of them are unrealistic you know fantastic four number one is the one i always cite that you know i'm never going to buy that uh, amazing fantasy number 15 spider-man number one i'm never going to have them but they are on my want list um but i'm you know i'm filling the more realistic holes in it and that's been going through ebay purchases going to the comic store uh and becoming just a little bit less of a cheap bastard than i've been uh (laughs) not not you know not dramatically less but somewhat less you know instead of saying well i need to get everything out of the one and two dollar bins you know i'm occasionally willing to to go for the five dollar books and and uh you know and i'm justifying that now saying well if i was buying new books they'd cost this anyway um and then you know on on some occasions even you know exceeding that and buying books that are you know 20 bucks or something like that, you know, which again, is not something I really had been doing very much of in the last, oh, 30 years or so. Um, but I, I've, I've really just been, you know, I, I, I've really loved just seeing the spots fill up, you know, the open spaces in my want list fill up and, and, ha- you know, creating more consecutive runs, uh, in, instead of having those little gaps in it, which, you know, it, it's given me great pleasure. Um, of late, the I would say the oldest book I bought, and I believe this cost me seven fifty, was uh, Superman Volume One Number One Fifty Four from July of sixty two. Uh, so that's the oldest thing I, I picked up, and again, not incredibly expensive. Uh, I picked up one of the books we have on tap to do a uh, cover of or a review of is Captain Marvel Number Fourteen, and that l- drops me down to just one book in the captain marvel run to complete that run uh which is number 27 and i'm a little annoyed quite frankly uh because that's being treated as a key issue because it's the issue that introduced eros and i'm like who gives two shits over the fact that eros is introduced because <laughs> because harry styles played him in the movie i mean please please stop could be so it could be well, let's, the, when those, I see it on eBay, that's things, what they cite. Harry yeah, Styles. Those movie things, those movie appearances are, are driving. Yeah, they really are. I was just looking up Superman 154. That's the one with uh, uh, Mixes Pitlick on the cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't have that one. That one's on my list. So good on you. Those are not uh, cheap because I just picked up a 152, two issues prior to that. And uh, yeah, that was that was not inexpensive. So. Uh, the last time you and I spoke, I think it was the last time you and I spoke, I was talking about how I was trying to go for some issues of first issue special. I am now down to just needing two issues. Uh, and the one that we specifically discussed, issue number nine, which was Dr. Faden, was considered to be a key issue because it's the introduction of his new helmet or some stupid thing like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got that for 350 So I was very happy that's with that. That's not bad. Yeah, that's really good. 
Yeah, the only two issues that I still need are lead. Oh, three. I, yeah, two issues. I need Lady Cop, which should be in a dollar <laughs> bin somewhere. I've seen that in a dollar bin. Yeah, I mean not recently, and, but I have seen it there. And Codename Assassin, which I also believe I should be able to find in a dollar bin somewhere. Didn't we cover that on the show? Not that I remember. I I think. I mean, this may be going way, way back, but I'd, I'd swear we covered that on the show. It, it looks very familiar to me, and I don't know why I would have read it on my own. So I'm thinking, I mean, this may maybe, go maybe back to Maybe you covered like, it before I was on. I don't even yeah, know that's what I'm I... thinking. This, yeah, this might go back to like when, when Mike and I were doing the show or, or maybe even maybe even earlier than that. But it, it definitely rings a bell. So I... I uh... And, you know, I talk about closing gaps in, in the want list uh, for reasons that I'm not exactly sure why, because I know I did own it. Uh, I had a spot opened on Avengers number 126. Uh, for some reason, I didn't have that. Now, Avengers is one of those series where I set my uh, stop mark at 300. You know, from issues one to 300, I'm interested in having. From 301 on, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm only... Only kind of interested in digital. I don't need to have a physical copy. Um, so I got issue number 126 on eBay for, I think, $3 or somewhere in that range, uh, which now gives me a, a, a run from issue 113 to 300. Um, so, you know, that that cl- that closed that gap, which I appreciate. Issue 113 is another one that's annoying me because it's another one where they're saying, oh, it's a key issue because it's the first issue that has Mantis in it. And again, it's like really, she's such a key character that it's got to bump the price up. So again, I'm, I'm I I don't want to get that one, but I'm not willing to like pay significant money on it. Um, I got uh, Beware the Creeper number five, which closes out that particular uh, series for me. Uh, which I you know it's always cool to to close out a series, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and I and I and I have quite a few others that I've been picking up. I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm just not really, uh, you know, citing all of them. Uh, one of the books I got was the graphic novel with the, uh, uh, the what's his name, the Living Colossus uh, that we covered. Oh yeah, oh I love that book. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was you know that was that was a big ticket item. That was ten bucks. That's the one where he's punching the World Trade Center on the cover, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I also I got that. some some early issues of uh, of uh, which one? <laughs> of of where is it now? Why am I not seeing? Oh, because I only have my want list up. Hold on, there we go. I got some early issues of Adventure Comics, you know, with the the Legion, issue three thirty eight from nineteen sixty five, three uh, forty eight from nineteen sixty six. See, you and I are chasing similar things, so I, some, it makes me wonder if sometimes we're bidding against each other, because <laughs> I'm also trying to fill in uh, adventure comics, but uh, those are a very cheap one for me. Like, if I can't score, you know, like, less than six bucks per issue, then I don't need it type of thing. Oh, I'm but just I, saying, wait, I don't have it. Now, where it's getting really hard to, to fill in the remaining gaps that I have. Because I, I would like to have a solid run from 300 when it became the Legion's book all the way to the end of the series. And I'm pretty damn close. Um, 
Anything before that would just be, you know, it's just nice to have, but I'm not actively seeking it. But I am actively seeking um, from 300 up. I just recently um, filled in. There was a three issue run in adventure of uh, the Black Orchid. And Mm -hmm. man, I don't know what the hell happened recently with Black Orchid, but those books shot up from being like dollar bin fodder to now they're stupid ass expensive and i finally was able to i was missing 428 which i don't even think is the first one i could be wrong but i I don't think it's the first one um but that was the one i was missing and i just could not ever find that for a decent price but i did just recently finally filled that one in so i've got at this point i've got a pretty solid run it's now it's going back to 300, which I do have a 300. So that that's a good starting point, having that issue now and not having to worry about, you know, getting that one because that one can get expensive, too. I'm sorry. See, I'm all over your. <laughs> that's all right. I don't actually have Adventure Comics on my want list. Adventure Comics is like world's finest for me uh, or Brave and the Bold, where I, if I see an issue that looks good to me, I'll pick it up. But I don't mm-hmm. rush to get it. I don't have it on my want list, and it's just kind of like, you know, what I see, I'll, I'll worry about at the time. And speaking of World's Finest, I picked up issues 126, 138, 139. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones that I just picked up this week. So, you know, those are also, that's also 136 is a 1962 issue, so it's also kind of older. Uh, and they were all. I, they were five dollars or less. I don't remember exactly how much they were. That's not bad. That's not so, bad at all. You know, and I got a. I, now, you know, Thor, as far as Thor goes, I have quite a bit from when he took over the series in issue one twenty six, uh, and I think I'm running up to three fifty as my arbitrary cutoff on that. So I, I have. Oh, a, go all the way. Go all the way. That's it's good stuff. But anyway, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I, you know, going into this, I had one issue of Journey into Mystery, uh, and that was it. And uh, I had issue 122, and that was the only one. And I got issue 110 for, I believe, 10 bucks. Now, it is a little bit WTS, but for <laughs> 10 bucks for issue 110, I figure that's not bad at all. That's not bad, yeah. I, th- I think you got me beat as far as how far you're going back on that, because I'm trying to remember what my earliest one of, is of Thor, and I, it's not that far back, I'm pretty sure. And just continuing to look at it, my my uh, Commandy run, which is one that I, I, I'm a late joiner on Commandy. I've always kind of loved the series, but I didn't start actively buying them until, just say, Shortly before the pandemic, I think I was at some place where they had one or two dollar bin that had a load of them and I bought a lot. And then it became, you know, my goal was to fill that. And I thought I'm going to really have a tough time getting the Kirby drawn issues uh, that, you know, that they're going to be big, big ticket items potentially. But I've got a a pretty solid run now. Uh, You know, the series ran, I think, 59 issues. I have 52 of them. So I'm down to just needing seven. And the lowest number I need now having just acquired a copy of issue number four, uh, the lowest number I need is issue number 40. And I'm pretty sure I'm not even hundred percent sure, but I'm that's either, that's either after Kirby stopped doing it or shortly before he stopped. So I think those issues are not going to be all that hard to find. I need 40, 43, 48, 
53, 54, 55, and 59. That's it. So that that's I'm I'm like I'm impressed that I've been able to kind of fill that run out as much as I have. Uh, I'm continuing to go after like the giant size books that again that those are books I thought I had most of them in my collection and for whatever reason there's some some gaps and I got uh, I I reacquired giant size Avengers number one which I thought was going to be tougher to to find than it was. Uh, I've filled out the four issues of giant size master of Kung Fu. Uh, I got giant size Thor number one. Uh, so, I'm, uh, you know, these things are all coming along. And now where, where do you find those? Because I've been hunting, I've got several of those on my own list, but the problem is it seems like every comic store I go in puts them, if they even have any at all, they all put them in a different place. So some of them put them with the series, some of them put them under G for giant. It's, you know, it, they're all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I, I found both things. My, my thing is when I'm in the store, I really, really want them to just have the books in order. And if you want to put the giant size with the individual series, that's fine. If you want to put the giant size all under G, that's fine. But when there's just bins of mishmashed comics all over the place, I, I am getting less and less and less patient with going through those and trying yeah. to find things because my my want list is becoming more, you know, every time I fill a gap, my want list becomes more and more focused and it becomes really a pain to try and look for one book. You know, it starts becoming looking for a, a needle in a haystack. Right. And and I, I just don't have the the patience to do that anymore. I don't I, I have neither the time nor the patience, honestly. I you know when I go into a store usually it's like okay, I'm I'm in the middle of running various errands and I'm just trying to kill a couple of minutes in here and then I got to get you know get about my business. So I don't have time to just sit there and pour through you know box after box after box unless it's boxes full of gems. Uh, you know it, it's just not <laughs> something that I, I I have the patience for anymore. Uh, so when they're in order, especially when they're in like full order, when they have them alphabetized and then in numerical order within the alphabet, and I could pull out my want list and just, you know, quickly pull out the issues that I want. Uh, you know, that that's those are the stores I want to go to. Right. So uh, it's I, you know, I was telling you before we started, I've probably in the last uh, last three weeks or so, I've probably picked up somewhere between 50 and 75 books that were on my want list, which is, you know, that's, that's a lot <laughs> for, for such a short period of time. It's also, you know, a bigger financial outlay than I thought I was going to make. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> so how you, what have you been doing as far as buying lately? Tell me oh. your, your stories that you don't want your wife to hear. Well, she was, she was with me for, for all of this yesterday. So we went, um, as we record this, it's Friday. We went Wednesday after I got out of work. We drove down to Fort Lauderdale. Neither of us had ever been to Fort Lauderdale before. Uh, we were going down there for a comedy concert. We went down to see uh, Sarah Milliken, who is a, an English uh, comedian, and uh, she's she's hilarious. By the way, it was it was a really really good show, which we expected it to be because we we've been fans of her for quite a while. So. Uh, because we're going to Fort Lauderdale, you know, going somewhere new as I always do. I like to hunt up, okay, where, you know, where are the comic shops in this town? Cause I knew after, you know, the next day, cause we we're spending the night there and then driving back the next day. Cause it's, it's a hike. It's about three and a half hours from, from where we are. So I knew we weren't going to go all the way down there, watch the concert and then drive back the same night. So we spent the night 
had all day Thursday yesterday uh, free. So I was, uh, you know, hunting up what comic shops are in the area. And I also threw a little thing out on Facebook for one of the groups that I'm in, you know, that's Florida comic uh, collectors focused and asked them, you know, for recommendations on places to go check out or what. So I had several places on the list, but of course, you know, we, we were very aware of time and that sort of thing. We didn't want to be too long uh, getting back just because it was going to be a long drive. And we weren't sure exactly what kind of traffic we'd be facing driving back because the traffic down was a lot thicker than we expected. You know, we're edging into uh, Easter weekend and, of course, you know, Disney's well full. You know, all the parks and Central Florida is just basically full of tourists. So we weren't sure of the traffic. So Anyway, this will function as uh, both a report on what I got, but also a little bit on the comic shops that I checked out as well. So the first place we went to uh, was this place called CJ's Comics. Now, um, I don't know the actual townships that these places are in. I'm just I'm, I'm putting them under the the umbrella of Fort Lauderdale because they were very close to where we were staying in Fort Lauderdale. So, you know, take that as, as it is. So CJ's Comics, uh, I'd never been to any of these places. I was going just on recommendations and what. So we get there, and immediately right outside the shop, he had tables set up with dollar books. I'm like, ooh. So I go over, I start digging through the dollar books. And in addition to the dollar books, he had like some boxes of action figures and little tchotchkes and stuff and, and some actual book books. But none of them were marked, so I didn't know what they were. So I, I grabbed one or two just thinking, well, you know, we'll see what the guy's asking for them. When I went in and asked him, he said, oh, everything on that table is a dollar. So I was like, holy shit. So <laughs> one of the things I got was a great big coffee table book that I've been eyeing for a long, long time that's all on the making of Disney's Fantasia. So I scooped that thing up for a dollar. It was in pristine condition. Don't know why he was getting rid of it for a dollar, but, hey, I scooped that up. Um, I also got, so don't laugh, but I love these things. I've been collecting them as I find them. So it's, uh, it's a golden book. Um, but one of the like floppy, more modern golden books, um, from the adventures of Batman and Robin, you know, the Batman animated TV, uh, series, this one is Batman and Mr. Freeze. I snap these up when I find them because quite often they have artwork in them by, um, Mike Parabek. Now, this particular one doesn't, but the art style is very similar. But it, it's an art style I really like. You know, again, it's all based on um, on uh, Batman the Animated Series. As a matter of fact, as I flip through this, it actually looks like it's kind of a loose adaption of the episode um, with uh, the guy who's who's very obviously like a Walt Disney knockoff where he's trying to create the... Uh, the model city and all that he ends up getting frozen in the block of ice and all that. It, it looks like it might be, uh, adapting that particular episode, but anyway, I just, I really like these things. If I can find them cheap, I pick them up. So that one was a dollar. Um, also out of the dollar bin, I got a bunch of wonder man, uh, volume two. I found out that Dr. Bill and I are both picking these up as we find them on the cheap. And we're both getting pretty close to a complete series. Um, I got a secret, uh, secret files and origins for a dollar that was uh, related to young justice uh, the sins of youth crossover which i just didn't happen to have so i picked that up um one that really blew my mind that was in that dollar bin i was like okay i don't really need this but i can't just leave it there you know i have that like lost puppy syndrome when it comes to certain books like that <laughs> they had a copy of the hardback original 
Superman from the 30s to the 70s. Uh, now, the dust jacket is a little whipped, but otherwise it is in solid condition. So I'm, I am I bought it strictly to rescue it. I'm going to turn around and I'll, I'll resell it because I've already got it. I don't need another copy. But like I said, just couldn't leave it there. So I picked that up. And then I picked up something for you, sir. Are you truly coming to uh, to Tampa Bay? And you bought your ticket, right? Didn't you say you bought your ticket? I have purchased a ticket for Tampa right. Bay Comic Con for the Friday uh, day. Uh, that's the only day I'm going to go there. Cool. Uh, and and for, for reasons that, that I don't understand, Dr. Bill, is bo- his mind is boggled by the fact that I'm only giving him one day. Because uh, <laughs> as much as I would spend, you know, I'll spend a week with you guys, no problem. But I'm going down there with my wife, and we're going to do family things. When you know she's giving me the day to go, go. to Comic Con, uh, but I can't, you know, I can't just <laughs> say, oh, you, you know, come down there, and then I'm going to sit here and do nothing. You know, I expect you to sit here and do nothing while I just keep going out with my friends every day. So, but whatever. That Friday is totally dedicated to my uh, freak friends. So since you are definitely coming and you have your ticket and everything, do you want to know what I got for you or do you want to wait and be surprised? I think I know what you got for me because you (laughs) asked me if I had it. Yes. Would I be correct? You are correct. Okay. So that's the Jim Steranko's History of Comics, which is something I've seen for years and years and years, uh, but I've never owned it. So very cool. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Here's the funny thing is that until very, very recently, and I can't remember what shop it was, I had never seen another copy beyond the one that I have in my own collection. So I don't know if that really does truly speak to the rarity of it or not, but I just know I'd never seen it you know, again until recently seeing one in a shop and being like, holy shit, that's the only other copy I've ever seen. And then here it was in the dollar bin. Um it's the the cover's a little ratty and a little loose. I'm going to be honest with you. It has a spine split, but otherwise it looks like it is in solid uh, condition. Um, and despite the fact that I have had uh, both copies of this in my own collection since I was really, really young, um, I still have never read them. And it got me to thinking, man, I've got to sit down and read that because I tried to read it when I first acquired it as a kid. And it was just so dry and talking about an era of comics I really wasn't familiar or terribly interested in at the time that I just kind of gave up on it. But now um, I've been reading a lot of like alter ego and comic book artists and back issue and stuff. So I think I've developed enough of an interest in this era. Plus, I've been reading a lot of Golden Age Superman right now that I want to give it a try again. So I've got to bump this back up onto my, uh, onto my reading list and, uh, and work through it. I've always heard it's a really good book. I just, I, I've just never made the time, frankly. Mm. So that again, was thank you. I'm sorry. I said once again, thank you. Oh, you are very welcome. So that was everything that was outside. So then I go into the, so here's the thing. So I'm, I'm outside, I'm looking through this stuff and my wife's getting super bored waiting in the car. And I'm like, well, why don't you just drive around and see if you can find somewhere to you know, go shopping or whatever? So she takes off, leaves me there because, you know, I've discovered these, these great things in the dollar box outside. So it gave me like this impression of what the shop was going to be like. And then I go into the shop and it's a completely different story in the shop. Now, he had tons of comics. It was very disorganized. It was very tight. It was really hard to kind of move around. It was really hard to to search through anything because nothing really seemed to be in much of an order whatsoever. 
But the biggest problem was that it w- everything was ridiculously overpriced. I'm not talking like, you know, I mean, yes, I'm a cheap bastard. I'm not talking like this was out of like Scott's personal range. I'm talking like these were insane prices. Like you'd pull a book out that you'd find it like any other shop for like a dollar. And it was like priced from like some like early, like late nineties, early two thousands price guide or something like, you know, during the height of the speculation market or something, it was ridiculous. I mean, you know, serious like 50 cent and dollar bin fodder that was priced at like 10, 15, 20. I'm like, what? Nobody's going to pay the, I mean, and, and it was really kind of stunning to me. And I looked through, you know, several boxes before I was finally like, no, I'm just never, I'm not going to find anything here. This is ridiculous. But as I was just kind of digging around, because then I was stranded at the shop until my wife came back to pick me up. Um, as I was kind of digging around, I discovered that he had some magazines. So mm. I started digging through the magazines and I found, this is my only other purchase from this shop. I found the Hulk. Now this started its life as the rampaging Hulk, the Marvel magazine. Right. I found the Hulk number 24. This was the last issue that I needed. It's the one that has, I think it's a Joe Jusco. Yes. Joe Jusco cover of the Lou Ferrigno version of the Hulk. So if you've ever seen this cover, you know the one I'm talking about. I have seen it. I know what you're talking This about. is a stupid expensive book. I don't know why it's so expensive. I don't know if it's because it is the, the Ferrigno version of the Hulk on the cover. I don't know if that's what prices it up so much, but I've never, ever seen this book at a decent price. He had 20 bucks on it, and, when, and I was fully prepared to pay that. But when I went up to ring out, I just asked him, I said, is this price right? And he goes, I'll let you have it for 10. And I'm like, perfect, because that means I did not break my streak. I acquired every issue of that book for under $10, most of them well under $10. So I was really happy to scratch this one off the list. And uh, now i got to sit down and read this series. I've just been waiting to acquire the last issue. So as you said before, always awesome when you can scratch one off the list. Um, that, those those magazines, you know, the Hulk, uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, what's the other one? Marvel Preview. Yeah. That's got you know superhero stuff in it. Uh, they are ridiculously uncommon nowadays. When you go into the yes. stores, it is a rarity to find those books available anymore. And, and it's, it, it I, is. I, I guess it's because the books, the, the stores just generally don't carry magazines and probably the people who come in and sell their old stuff aren't even thinking to bring in magazines and sell to them. The really funny thing is that you're, you're absolutely right. And so because of that, you would think that whenever you do find them, they'd be really stupid expensive and often they are. However, it seems to be one of two things. They're either really expensive or they're ridiculously underpriced. So there's that shop that uh, Bill and I like to go to over in Brandon, Florida called Urban Legend. And we were over there recently and that guy had just acquired um, several uh, short boxes full of Savage Sword of Conan. And that's another one that I see quite often. And people either have it strictly by the guide or they're like, I just want to get rid of these damn things because nobody wants them. And that was kind of the attitude he had. So I ended up buying a number one for, well, 
when you price it out what I paid per issue for everything that I bought, it priced out at like $3. But I think the price he actually had on it was it was no more than $10. So, I mean, you, you could have walked in that shop and got a number one Savage Sword of Conan for 10 bucks just because he just wanted to move them out, you know, because he doesn't right. really deal in the magazine. And I think that's the way a lot of those shops are is that if they get them – it's because it was part of some larger collection. So they're not really focused on the magazines. They either don't know or don't care what they're worth. They just want to get them the hell out of there. And so you can acquire a lot of those magazines if you hit just the right shop, you know? Yeah. Uh, so far, I have had very, very minimal luck as far as magazine purchases. Uh, and that, that's a, a yet another Scott Gardner-inspired fire that got lit onto me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm having a blast with the with the magazines, though. I really am. Um, I'm I'm getting very close to being done with you know the the ones that I personally am interested in. Although, Apes has given me a hell of a time. I only need like I think three or four more issues, and I I cannot find them for a decent price at all. They're they're all like really stupid expensive. But I'm gonna keep plugging away at it. So that was one of the two shops I went to. The other one. Um, a little bit further away was one that had been high, uh, more highly recommended to me. Uh, that one was called Phil's Comic Shop, and it's the shop is spelled like old timey, so it's like S H O P P E. Mm-hmm. Um, this place was fantastic. It was exactly my kind of comic shop. They had a shit ton of back issues. They were very affordably priced. The dude working the counter was, um, I mean, he was just like this laid back old hippie dude and he was super awesome. I mean, anything you asked him about, no matter how, how obscure it was, he went right to the bot. He knew exactly where shit was. So it was, it was a really cool. The only thing was that I just didn't have much time to look. Cause again, you know, the wife's out in the car tapping her foot, you know? So it's like, shit. I mean, I could have been in that place for like days. It was, it was just chock full of great back issues. Um, trying to see here if there was really uh yeah i mean most of this stuff was filler but i will mention one that i was just absolutely thrilled to find so there is nothing special about this book it doesn't price for a lot as far as i know there's no like first appearance there's no special thing that happens it's just a book that i could not find the friggin thing like every single shop i would go into some of which would have the entire series except this one issue. And I'm like, what What the hell is it with this issue? But I finally found it at this shop. It was uh, Hawkman number 22. Now, this was the Hawkman series before the Palmiotti and Gray series. So during like, uh, oh, God, what was that crisis sequel? Um um zero hour so like the zero hour uh era hawkman that guy um number 22 i mean like i said there's nothing special about this issue it is a crossover with some other books like uh guy gardner warrior and something else i forget but other than that there's there's really not anything special about it and it was exactly like i thought when i finally did find it it was cheap as hell it was just one of those, like, you, you just can't find it anywhere type of thing. So I was thrilled to finally scratch that one off the list. Um, I got several other books there, but again, nothing, you know, nothing really special, just kind of filler. Um, but I would give that place the highest recommendation if you're ever in that area. It was a really, really good shop. And then just because I was down in the area, a friend of the show, Brian Rosen, 
uh, he lives down in West Palm Beach. Now, a while ago, he had seen uh, something I posted online and was asking me for a copy of my want list. And I sent it to him and he came up with uh, several books that I wanted off my want list. But the problem was, was that while his prices were perfectly reasonable, once you factored in shipping, then it became unreasonable. And I was like, eh, I just can't pull the trigger on that. And so, you know, he comes up this way from time to time. So I figured, oh, we'll just get together at some point. Well, now I find myself down in his neck of the woods. So we met up at an exit not far from where he lives. And I got some really great books from him. I got uh, Captain America number 170, just an issue that I needed to fill in. And I think this is the first Moonstone, if I'm not mistaken. Um, an issue of DP7 that I only needed because it has Ron Friend's artwork in it. Several issues of Ghost Rider, the original Ghost Rider. And I think these were on my list because they're all written by Roger Stern. I think that's why they're there. I need to look it up and figure out why these were on my list. But anyway, I know they were on my list. And uh, Justice League of America number 131. I am rapidly approaching the end of my collection of uh, Justice League of America uh, first series. I, I just wanted is that, to fill is that in the entire series from issue. No, one? it's, it, it will be the entire series from a, a very healthy starting point. And then prior to that starting point, I, I'm not sure which issue that is it's somewhere around issue a hundred, I think something like that. Um, prior to whatever that starting point is, um, I want to have every single JLA JSA uh, team up that they did. And I'm pretty close to that right now. I, I need a couple issues in the 70s. I need issue 91. And then the one that's really going to be a bitch is I need number 21. That's the very first one where they're holding the seance on the cover. I have been so close so many times to scoring that one for, frankly, a little bit more than I really want to pay for it. But I, I just can't. I can't seem to get there. I always end up getting outbid or whatever. I'm, I'm trying so hard to get it on the relative cheap, but that's one that I know I'm not going to find for like 10 or 20 bucks. I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to get one, I'm probably looking at spending at least like 50, 60 bucks. But I just, at this point, I just want it, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want it enough. I'm going to pay, pay like a hundred bucks for it, but I, I'd go, I'd go like 50, 60 bucks. If I could find like a, a really decent, co- you know, solid, decent copy. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It just has to be, you know, complete type of thing. And I've seen them from time to time on eBay, but I always get skunked at the last minute because, you know, that's how eBay works. So, but yeah, it's some good you know, stuff. You, know, but... you, you want to just when it comes to, to bidding on eBay, and I do very little bidding. I, I've been doing, you know, focusing more on the buy it now stuff and making an offer or whatever. Uh, but I find myself to become very vindictive. When I when I uh, <laughs> when I bid, like let's just say for argument's sake, whatever issue, whatever book it is, and I'm willing to spend thirty dollars for it, and you know there's two ninety nine bid on it, and I think well you know what I'm gonna put in my thirty dollars because that's my top dollar, and it you know the way the bidding works is it'll just it'll give you the lower number if that's workable. So like if 299 is truly the highest bid, you know, when you bid $30, it'll put you at whatever 350 something like that. Right. Uh, and it keeps the rest in reserve if there's other bids to push you up. So sometimes like you know, using that hypothetical, it's it's at 299 uh 
and I'm willing to pay $30. And I put in $30, and then when it automatically comes back and says, you've been outbid already, which means the other person is just doing exactly what I'm doing, and they put in right. their higher amount and, and you know, hoping to get it for, for less. Anyway, <laughs> I I find that sometimes when, you know, you get the uh, – you get the fever and you decide, I don't care, I want this book. And now you're willing to go, say, again, hypothetically, to $50. Uh, and you put in that $50 bid and you're, you're already having buyer's remorse thinking, well, if I get this for $50, I'm going to be really <laughs> pissed off at myself. But I'm clicking <laughs> right? it in anyway. But I'm putting it in anyway, even though I know I'm going to be pissed off that I'm spending $50 on this book. And when I see that I'm still being outbid by that person, I get this irrational and unreasonable satisfaction out of the fact that I'm making this person overpay for the book. <laughs> it's wrong. I'm telling you, I know it's wrong, but I still find myself doing it. I, I, I you know, it's like, well, you know what? I could have left it at $30, but now I'm making that person really buy this book. And, and it's, it's absolutely wrong, but for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the schadenfreude, they call it, you know, where you start, uh, reveling in the misery of others. So, I don't know. It's just 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 a comment. I <laughs> the functionality that I miss most in eBay was was one of the very first things to go. You know, to my memory from from when I joined eBay, and I, I joined pretty early on. I, I was you know jumped on the eBay bandwagon way 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 back whenever they first started, but. Way back in the in the very earliest days of eBay, you could actually freely message anybody for anything. So you could actually message other bidders. Like if somebody won something, you oh, saw wow. their identity and you could actually message them. And in the early days when somebody would do something like that, I they would usually get a message from me, something to the effect of you fucking asshole, because it would just piss me off, you know. <laughs> and, and to be fair. You know, to be fair, when I make the higher bid, I'm doing so because despite the fact that I shouldn't be, I am willing to pay that higher price to get the book. I'm, I'm in, in that fit of, of fever where I feel like I have to have it. <laughs> so I'm not doing it to screw the person over. The, you know, that is never my intention when I make the bid. I'm not saying, oh, I know this person bid higher and I'm going to screw him over by bidding, by making him pay more. But somehow I get this irrational and unreasonable satisfaction out of it. Of being an asshole. <laughs> now, the the one the only ones that honestly these days really torque me is when you find something and it's a great deal, it's nice and and reasonable, or sometimes even like nice and cheap. You know, you you find it, especially when you stumble across those ones where you're like, man, nobody's gonna find this listing. This guy just totally screwed up in the way he like. Maybe it's misspelled. Or it's just very generic, you know, Batman number such and such. And it just gets buried amongst all the Batman stickers and action figures and T-shirts, you know, that sort of thing, whatever it is. But you find that thing and you're like, man, nobody even knows this listing's up there. And you bid on it and you watch the whole week or whatever, sometimes even longer than a week go by and nobody's looking at it. Nobody's bidding on it. It's perfect. It gets down to like those last couple of seconds and all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. It gets like 15 bids or, so, or sometimes even just one <laughs> at the last. And it just pisses you off because you're like, God damn it. I watched this thing 
every day i you know several times a day i'd click into it just to see you know what what's going on you know another six days another three days another day you know that's sort of, and it gets all the way down and then all of a sudden ding you get up and at the last oh my god that makes me insane it makes me so crazy <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about and the funny thing is i don't have the patience to be a sniper Right, like, right. Know, if, if I see, oh, there's an hour and a half left on this, I don't have the patience to sit there for an hour and a half and come in, you know, at an hour and 29 minutes and, and throw in a quick bid. I, I just can't. I, I, I can't. So I am never the I am, I am never the, the, the villain in that particular scenario. Uh, but I, I get where it's just frustrating because I've again, I, I try not to even do too much of the uh, the bidding. I, I don't want to get involved in that because it seems like the prices more often than not get unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. What I've, what I've done lately, and this is one of the reasons why I've had some bigger purchases as far as volume is if I see a book I like, and it's a, you know, like a, a, a comic dealer, as opposed to just Joe Blow selling comics. And then I'll message him and say, look, will you combine shipping? Right. And if the response is yes, which it almost universally is, uh, then I'll start looking through all their listings and putting things in my cart because now I can reasonably handle the shipping costs. You know, if it's right. $5 for shipping for one book, then I, I have to add that $5 shipping to the book cost because I'm going to still have to pay it. Uh, whereas if I'm buying 10 issues, I only have to add 50 cents to each book you know, to, to justify. Right. Right. So, you know, buying in volume has definitely been a more favorable thing for me than, uh, than, you know, just buying one book here and there. Uh, but I, you know, I, I've also found that sometimes the pictures aren't really indicative of what the book is going to look like when you get it. You know, the description <laughs> is the description is reasonable. They're not trying to tell you that it's, you know, in pristine shape. But you look at the picture and you say, that's not too bad. And then you buy it and, you know, you get it and it's, you know, whipped to shit. Uh, and I'm not going to be one of these guys who's going to be like, well, now I need to send that back because that's just not me. Uh, you know, if, if, unless unless there was, you know, an out and out lie in the description or something to that effect, I w- would never do it. So. I would still rather go to a comic store and buy them anyway. And and the, the thought process is, just to go back to what we talked about earlier, my hopes, and I don't know how much you and Dr. Bill are in for this, but my hopes are uh, on the Comic-Con day in Tampa that we'll, uh, we'll get together real early, we'll meet together, have breakfast, and then we'll go over to uh, – uh, I can't think of the name of the store again. Urban Legend. Urban Le- we'll go over to Urban Legend. We'll spend an hour in there and then go over and either, either you know, have lunch and then go to Comic-Con or go to Comic-Con and grab lunch later. Right. But, you know, because, I mean, kind of the, the convention, I think, is from 1230 to 730, which usually, right. you know, seven hours is plenty of time for me. So, yeah. you know, I and, and I'm OK, even if we cut it down to five hours, probably, or maybe even, you know, I don't even certain cons I would do even less than that. And I'm fine. Uh, so I, I don't see any reason why we can't maybe manage to do both in one day. Uh, you know, we are see, we are probably going to have a little bit of a contingent going. I know, uh, 
you know, my buddy Ken, who you know, is going to come with us. Uh, I have another friend from here who's recently relocated to the Tampa area, and uh, I saw him last week, and he was like, well, I've never been to a con before. Maybe I'll go and meet you there. Uh, So it's another (laughs) friend who who may be coming. Uh, Al Sedano said that he's off on Friday, so he's planning on coming. Oh, cool. Um, And then uh, a few other people have, you know, basically said I would love to come, but I can't because I'm not going to be, you know, able to at that time. You know, I, I had reached out to a few people just to see, uh, you know, who, <laughs> I'd, just, I'd just to, to let people know. You. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd love to, but I hate you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but, you know, like, like I, I know, like Gene Hendricks has got something going on with his daughter. Um, uh, OK. You know, I think Shag said he's going to be out of town that that week. Uh, Scott Rifen said he's actually going to be in the Orlando area like a week before and, you know, can't justify coming back two weeks in a row. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. Hopefully right. uh, we get to see, you know, the, the big key is always, you know, seeing you and Dr. Bill. Uh, but you know, with any luck, we'll, we'll spread it out and see a couple of other people that we, uh, whose, whose company we enjoy. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I just need to finagle the, the day off at this point because I put in for it. And, of course, I'm waitlisted. So, yeah, it's probably come down. When, to, what what is what does waitlisted mean? So it means other people already have been approved for that day off. Um, so your name's in the hat in case something comes up and, you know, there's more available, you know, more slots available for that day type of thing. So you, you basically, you're, you're in a queue waiting to be approved if, if a slot comes open essentially. So we'll, we'll see, but I mean, I, I'm going to buy my ticket here shortly to secure, you know, make sure that that that's all taken care of. So no worries. One way or the other, come hella high water. I will be there. That is my intention. And who knows? You know, I, I don't even know what our plans are. I don't know what day we're going to arrive and what day we're going to leave. Uh, so I don't know if, you know, usually when we when we go down and we're hanging out with Ken and Lori, usually we plan a day at one of the parks. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Universal, if it's going to be Disney, or if it's going to be Bush Gardens. But if it's Disney, then, you know, hopefully we'll see you again anyway. See, I would really like to have you over to the house at some point. Well, you never know. If we're in Orlando, which is at least closer to your house, maybe right. uh, you know, maybe that would work out for a, a, at least a stop by for a cup of coffee or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll we'll see how the, how the schedule all falls together. It would, it would be it would be nice to see the house. It's always nice to say hi to Missy. So, you know, we'll see. Cool. Who knows? So, uh, you know what I wanted to do uh, before we wrap up the show for today? I did want to say a thank you. Uh, to the people who've been kind of coming on the, the Facebook page and, you know, giving their ideas and putting up the, the books that they're buying, uh, because I think it's cool. I th- that's that's kind of what the forum is for. You know, show me what you're buying. Show me what you're interested in. Uh, and I just wanted to go to the page just so I don't forget people and say a couple of the names who have been more uh, more active doing so, because, I, again, I just want to thank them for their activity on it because I like this Facebook page. So we've been getting a decent number of comments and posts from uh, David Krausen, James Lansbury, uh, 
who else are we getting here? There are other people. Scott Fiore. Yeah. Um, I know I'm going to end up leaving people. He's been a comic buying fool lately, too. He's been buying a lot. Yes, he has. Good good books. Really good stuff. Todd Wilson's another one who's been doing his books that he's buying. Uh, Daniel Teets throws something on every once in a while. Uh, Todd Wilson's buying a lot of stuff. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm just strolling, going down the page. And and just, you know, I just want to. Thank everybody for it because, and if I didn't mention your name, I'm sorry. Victor Sage is another guy who's been pretty active. He's been more comments, but that's important too. Uh, He's a good dude. You know, what's funny is he, he, I forget, I'm trying to remember the whole story. Something happened a while back. I'm trying to remember whether it was by his choice or, or something happened with Facebook, but he had to, he had to change up his identity and that's when he became Victor Sage. And that, now that's all I can remember him as. But I've totally forgotten what his real name is at this point because he's been Victor Sage for so long. Now, Victor Sage is actually the secret identity of the question. So that's not his real name. But <laughs> I did not yeah, know it's just it's funny because we've been friends a long time and, you know, we message back and forth and he's very active in our group and everything. But it, it's been so long now that he's been Victor Sage that I have since forgotten what his actual name is. Well, it, it, whatever, whatever, whatever your real name is, Victor, uh, I still appreciate that that you've been you know giving us your your opinions and your thoughts on books, uh, you know, and, and I encourage oh. anybody who's listening to to do so as well. Uh, you know, if you haven't been, you know, by all means, get involved because it's kind of fun. Before I, you just reminded me of something. I'm so glad that you mentioned this. Um, we, we don't hear a whole lot from him these days, but I know he continues to listen to us. Uh, our old buddy Socrates Alvarez uh, reached out to me recently and he's getting into the podcasting game. And oh. damn, who the hell is this message from? He, we were just messaging back and forth the other day, and now I'm not seeing the message. But he, I don't know if he has any episodes actually posted up yet, or if the link he sent me was just, let's see. Oh, here it is here. Um, no, I think I think it's actually active. So I hope he doesn't mind me throwing this because he he just said, hey, could you give this a listen? So I don't know if this was like a special test episode or if the show is actually live, but the show is called um, Zap to the Future. And I'm looking at it through iTunes, so I know you can access it through iTunes. I'm not sure what other uh, you know podcatchers it's available through or whatever. I got a kick out of it. It was very cool. It, it's basically like a like a radio play, but it's it's got really high production values. It sounds it, it's just it's it's like a good old Silver Age comic um, style. Mm-hmm show it's it was just a lot of fun i really really enjoyed it but i was very impressed with the production values of it because it it sounds very professional i I just thought it was really cool but uh socrates is just the nicest guy and i know he continues to listen to us um you know he and whenever i run into him at comic shops or whatever you know he's always quick to you know dimension you know he continues to keep up with the show and and what so i just wanted to give him a shout out because i i i really liked it you know he he sent me the link just as a, you know, I, I think he said something to the effect of, hey, you know, as a, as a you know, longtime podcaster, you know, can you kind of listen to this and just see what you think? You know, give me some pointers type of thing. And I was like, damn, this sounds better than anything I've ever done. So <laughs> I was impressed. It sounds really good. So I do know Socrates is a good guy and uh, I wish him well. And I just found it and 
in my uh, you know Apple podcast uh, app, and I I'm following oh, okay. the show now, and I'll give it a listen. And I you know yeah, I, I wish I wish That's him good. success because he is a good guy. <laughs> so, you also reminded me of one other thing that uh, that I, I've been meaning for the longest time to talk about this, and I just kept forgetting about it. Um, you know, on the subject of you know of our listeners and everything, so. Um, I don't listen to near as many podcasts anymore that I, that I used to, but I, I, I keep up with my regulars and there is a, a show that I listen to regularly that I, I really enjoy because it, it gives me a lot of, um, you know, specialty knowledge for my job and things like that. However, every single episode ends with what I call the begathon and I have always resisted with everything that you know that i've been directly involved with through two true freaks whether it was two true freaks proper whether it was back to the bins tales of the jsa whichever it was that temptation to have the begathon you know and what i mean by begathon is when you're actually asking your listeners for for money you know whether it's through patreon whether it's through exclusive content whether it's literally just asking hey you know send us money to help keep the lights i've always resisted that because it just reminds me a lot of when i was a kid watching like pbs you know and there'd be some mm-hmm. really good show on and they'd you know constantly interrupt the friggin thing with the begathon you know send us money send us money i hate that i i I continue to hate it to this day no matter how noble the cause may be i just hate begathons so i always swore that we'd never do it with this and sometimes actually probably to the detriment of the network because we we had a fella not long ago that really wanted to kind of take the reins of the network and and send it in some really good and helpful directions that probably really would have garnered us a lot more attention, a lot more listeners and everything. But I just didn't like the fact of it being kind of monetarily driven. So I I resisted that and we didn't go that direction. I say all that to say this, the only thing I'd ever really want to ask our listeners for is, you know, if you appreciate that fact that we create all this content for free, we ask you for absolutely nothing at all as far as a monetary thing. And as so long as I'm involved with it, I really want to continue that trend of not asking you to, to dip into your wallet, you know. Um, but if you would just you know, give us a moment of your time to leave us a, a positive iTunes review, I'd really, really appreciate that. Um, normally I would say an iTunes review, regardless of if you like the show or not. However, what I really want to do, I want to make a concerted effort, at least for the, for the next little bit, we can get back to the, you know, to the, to the haters or whatever a little bit later, but there was somebody, oh gosh, this goes back a ways, but there was somebody that left a really shitty review for us not long ago that had absolutely nothing to do with the show. It was because they didn't like me personally they didn't like something i said or some political slant that i have or that they perceive that i have or something stupid like that now that's fine if you don't like me that that's fine you know but don't take it out on the network don't take it out on the show and so i really am am putting the the call out there that you know if you enjoy the show 
and you've never taken a moment to go onto iTunes or wherever to leave a positive review for us, if you would please do that for me, I would I would so much appreciate it because it really does help. I mean, that's how other people find podcasts these days is because, you know, we we get those reviews and it helps bump us up on different lists and, you know, all this sort of thing that's all controlled by algorithms and all that kind of stuff. So, um like I say, I would really appreciate it. I, I will ask you for that as opposed to ever asking you for your money. I agree 100%. I, uh, I, will, I will stop doing this if we stop monetizing it. Yeah, uh, I, I feel the same way. There have been some private talks, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but there have been some private talks in, in the network over the years, and it hasn't been one for quite some time. Uh, but about, you know, possibly trying to monetize things, advertising, uh, Patreon, you know, whatever. And then it started getting too well. If we get money, how do we distribute it? This is not what I do for a living. This is what I do for fun. Exactly. And if I got to start yeah. worrying about how much money we're making, it's not fun anymore. And I won't do it. I refuse. I, I kind of take that the other way, too. And possibly being unfair about it is I figure I put out plenty of content for free so i'm not willing to pay anybody else for theirs either i do not donate right. to anybody else's <laughs> patreon uh i feel like you know i put out mine i do my share i don't need to pay them for theirs uh and if they don't want to do it because i didn't pay or if they want to make it uh exclusive to people who do pay then you know you have my blessing go ahead it's right. fine uh but that's that's kind of how i feel and i do agree with you uh that you know uh it, the, the the positive reviews are really, you know, they they do drive this into more people. And while ratings are not the be all and end all, it does give us a sense of satisfaction that more people are getting it. And I think, you know, most people who get it like it. So I, I would like, you know, it to be available to as many people as possible. So, yeah, I, you know, if you haven't put a review up and you can, I would appreciate it very, very much. Uh as far as the, you know, not liking us personally because of our political views, if that is the case, uh, I think we do a pretty good job of not really politicizing this show. Uh, you know, occasionally we've fallen into things where we give our, our personal opinions, but I don't think we've made that a point of it. So uh, if we do disagree with each other politically, that's fine. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that, and I hope you don't either. Uh, I have plenty of friends who I disagree with politically. That doesn't stop me from being friends with them. Right. Uh, as, as I've often I mean, said, that, that, I, I can find people who have totally op opposing views on politics. And when I speak to them personally, we have no problem talking even about politics and having a, a, an intelligent discussion. It's when we start putting sound bites out there or we start just putting quotes up there or memes, even worse. I think that's when people start getting their, their ire up and, and it becomes offensive to people. So my, my message to you is give us positive reviews and don't put up memes. Right. I mean, so. not not to put too fine a point on it, but to me, it was just the fact of, you know, using an iTunes re review as a weapon was a pretty shitty thing to do, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I, I listen to a lot of other podcasts or used to anyway. You know, I, I listen to or watch a lot of YouTubers, that sort of thing. If somebody says something I don't like, if I don't like it enough, I just unsubscribe. It's as, it's as simple as that. I, I would never go in and purposely try to sabotage their content by leaving them an intentionally, uh, you know, misleading comment just to drag their numbers down. And that's kind of what I felt like was done to us. So, 
I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm trying to rally the troops to kind of, you know, combat that a little bit by boosting the numbers back up in a positive way. If we can do that, I would really, really, really appreciate that. OK, that was the back to the bins begathon for <laughs> 2023. Uh, no! And again, we don't we don't want your money. Not that we would turn down your money, but we don't want your money. We're not asking you for your money. If your money uh, should happen to fall into my lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the meanwhile, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to see you uh, next week. So bye bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. You don't say goodbye anymore. Because it just hurts too much. Ha, 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 ha.